turn with me, if you will, to the gospel according to Luke chapter 10. The gospel according to Luke chapter 10. And we'll start with the first verse. When you have it, please stand. And the gospel reads as follows. After this, the Lord appointed 70 others and sent them on ahead of him in pairs to every town and and place where he himself intended to go. He said unto them, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Laborers are few. Therefore, ask the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Go on your way. See, I am sending you out like lambs to the midst of wolves. Carry no purse, no bag, no sandals, and greet no one on the road. Whatever house you enter first, say peace to this house. And if anyone is there who shares in peace, your peace will rest on that person. But if not, it will return to you. Remain in the same house, eating and drinking whatever they provide, for the laborer deserves to be paid. Do not move about from house to house. Whenever you enter a town and its people welcome you, eat what is set before you. Cure the sick who are there and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. But whenever you enter a town and it does not... and they do not welcome you. Go out into the streets and say, even the dust of your town that clings to our feet, we wipe off and protest to you. Yet know this, the kingdom of God has come near. And we'll skip down to the 16th verse. Whoever listens to you, listens to me. And whoever rejects you, rejects me. And whoever rejects me, rejects the one who sent me. The 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, in your name, even the demons submit to us. He said to them, I watch Satan fall from heaven like a flash of lightning. See, I have given you the authority to tread on snakes and scorpions and all and over all the power of the enemy and nothing will hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice at this. Or, Rejoice that the spirits do not rejoice at this, that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated for the time that we uh, are going to share together. I want to talk about the calling of names. The, uh, the calling of names. Uh, before we get started, though, I do want to make mention, uh, as uh, Sister Davis said during the announcements, uh, y'all be in prayer for my family. Uh, my uncle, Joe Simpson, uh, my daddy's brother, and I have no qualms saying my favorite uncle uh, went home to be with the Lord yesterday. Um, one of my biggest supporters. With Uncle Joe, it was never a question of if he was going to be somewhere to support you. The question was when, not if, but when. And uh, he was actually a, 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 a supporter of Haven as well. I p- 
put the sermons on the church website and uh, you're able to look at the, the podcast statistics and see, you know, how many times a, a sermon has been played. And, uh, you know, the average 20, the average attendance at Haven is about 20. But somehow these sermons were getting between 150 and 250 plays and downloads in less than a month period. And uh, one of the last, uh, when I made mention of that on my Facebook page, uh, I don't have a problem with it. You know, I just was a little shocked, you know, 20 people coming to Sunday and 200 plus listens in less than a 30 day time frame. That was uh, kind of amazing to me. And so I made mention of that on my uh, Facebook page and my Uncle Joe responded to the comment guilty as charged he had been uh, playing and downloading the sermons from the church website over and over again to listen to them so the calling of names um in the text that was read, we uh, we get to see some of the other disciples of Jesus Christ, uh, not the famous ones uh, or the infamous ones in the case of uh, 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 Judas, but the the ones who just kind of showed up, did their job, and went on their way. I have a, a colleague of mine that I used to work with uh, often, actually. He said he was raised old school. And uh, what he meant by he was raised old school was if he brought the paper plates to a fish fry, he needed his name in a bulletin and a special shout out from the pastor to have his name called. There uh, seems to be no greater opportunity for embarrassment or for conflict than uh, someone's name being called or not being called. You don't believe me? Watch what happens when you call your spouse by the wrong name. See what happens when you mispronounce or misspell someone's name. It's going to be some problems. Uh... I have a pet peeve about my name. My name is Johnny Simpson Jr. Not John, not Jonathan, not John John, not John Boy. It's Johnny, and it is spelled J-O-H-N-N-I-E. And you would be surprised how much conflict I had growing up with people not even trying to start anything but trying to, you know, be learned and educate and tell me about my name and try to tell me, number one, that Johnny is a nickname. I don't think so because my daddy had this name. Uh, his daddy had that name. My son has that name, so it's not a nickname. It's on birth certificates and legal documents. Even when I was in high school about ready to graduate, I got called down to the principal's office 
because we had to apply to graduate and I filled out all my paperwork. I knew I had enough credits to graduate from high school. I thought everything was all right. I got called down to the principal's office for the people over that were running the graduation to tell me that my high school diploma is a legal document and that you cannot put a nickname on a legal document. So what is my birth name? It's the name I put on there, J-O-H-N-N-I-E. It's my name. And after showing them a driver's license and other documentation, they finally begrudgingly put J-O-H-N-N-I-E on my high school diploma. Only for me to come to graduation and listen to the announcer say, when it was time to announce my name, a big pause. John Simpson Jr. I couldn't make a scene uh, behind my name not being called because it was a graduating class of about 800 or so. And so, and they had made this rule that if you made a scene, if anybody clapped, if anybody yelled or screamed, they would make you wait off to the side and you couldn't get your diploma. And they actually had your real diploma at the ceremony. It wasn't just a a fold-in box. Your literal diploma was sitting there. So if someone blew an air horn or someone went, yeah, woo, good job, you had to wait off. You weren't going to get it then. But it's my name. We take pride in our names. Some more than others. We like recognition, some more than others. But these disciples, they didn't care about their name being called. They wanted to be concerned about the work. They cast out demons. They spread the word of God. They did powerful things for the kingdom. But we didn't know their names. The fact that we didn't know their names didn't stop them from doing the work of God. Made me think of some recent examples of people and and the value of their names or their perceived value. Uh, We just had recently the NBA draft and there was a center from the University of Kentucky by the name of Nerlens Noel. Nerlens Noel was on Twitter asking the people who followed him on Twitter to pick out his suit that he was going to wear at the draft. Nerlens Noel thought that he was going to be drafted first. And so did some other people who spend their time trying to figure out how good or how bad the college and high school players are before they get drafted. But people thought that the name Nerlens Noel was going to get called first. It did not. It was not called first. It was not called second. It was not called third, fourth, fifth. It was called sixth by the New Orleans Pelicans, who then promptly traded him to the Philadelphia 76ers for a point guard and a second-round pick. If you had seen any pictures of Nerlens Noel's face, during this time 
you have seen his eyes were bloodshot red, almost holding back tears. And he even said that the teams that passed on him were going to pay for not calling his name. But Nerlens Noel had just had an injury to his knee. He had torn the ACL, and so some people were not really wanting to pay millions and millions of dollars for an unproven product. Forbes magazine said that the fact that he dropped from first to sixth can cost him at least $10 million in the contract because when, you are, when your name is called first in the draft, they like to give you a, a lot more money than had it been called second. And the second round draft, I mean, the second draft pick makes more money than the third draft pick and so on and so forth in the negotiations. So he thought his name would be called. Another situation that happened was in the NFL draft. A quarterback by the name of Geno Smith played quarterback for West Virginia University. Again on Twitter, again thought he was going to be called as the first draft pick. He, like Mr. Noel, flew to where they were having the draft because see, when you are a first round draft pick, they put you in an area, you get to be on TV and you get to come out and shake the commissioner's hand and hold up the jersey and take a picture and it's a wonderful experience, but if you're just a second or third or fourth round draft pick, you know, they just call your name and they might show some highlight videos or footage of you, but being a first round draft pick, there's something exciting about that, but it's not exciting when you're sitting in that room and they keep calling everybody else's name and you're still there. And so Geno Smith went to Radio City Music Hall and was certain not only was he going to be a first round draft pick, but he was going to be the first name called. He was not first. He was not second. He was not fifth. He was not 10th. He was not 32nd. He was not picked in the first round. They passed on him, but he and his family had flown out to Radio City Music Hall, bought a nice suit and got ready and prepared themselves for the interview because he thought his name was going to be called. He then went to Twitter and said that he was tired of this and he was leaving. He was going back home. He wasn't going to be around for the rest of the draft. The draft takes multiple days. But somebody talked to him and he decided to change his mind and stick around. And Mr. Smith was picked 39th which is the 7th pick in the second round. Still not bad. Still one one person in 250,000 high school athletes that make it to the pros. You have a if you play a sport in high school, they say you have a one in 250,000 chance to make it to the pros. That's if you start. And he also was the first person ever as a second round draft pick to get the opportunity to shake the commissioner's hand. But he thought his name was going to be called. I'm not saying that Geno Smith or Nerlens Noel are bad people. I'm just putting an example out of what happens when you think that your name is going to be called and it's not. Sometimes athletes surround themselves with people 
who tend to inflate the value of their name. The funniest thing I hear, not just with athletes, but with managers, is whenever they say, I just want to be around positive people. I, can't, I don't have time for negativity. I would like to be surrounded with people who are positive. Now, that's good in theory. But a lot of times when I hear someone saying that, that's usually because they don't want anybody to tell them they're wrong. And so they're surrounded by a bunch of people who won't necessarily tell them when they're wrong. They'll just tell them it's good. And athletes tend to fall victim of that because the people that are around them have a check or amount of money or a lifestyle that they are used to for not doing any work that they want to hold on to. You surround yourself with some of the bad people and you then make your name go down because those people don't want to hold you accountable or you don't want to hang around people that hold you accountable. The name gives a perception. A name like Aaron Hernandez surrounded himself with some of the bad, the bad people and he's caught up in at least three murders right now already because he never surrounded himself with the right people. His name was not called in the NFL draft until the fourth round because of his reputation. An excellent player. Top-notch tight end. But people thought about the kind of people he was hanging around and the behavior problems that he had had. So his name had dropped. Sometimes not only being surrounded by the wrong people can make your name think it's more than it is, but so can being by yourself. The Bible says it's iron sharpens iron. Men sharpen other men. You ought to hang around people that make you better. Hang around people both personally and professionally. I've heard it said by many a motivational speaker, if you show me your five best friends, I can show you what kind of career you're going to have. Who you hang around, who you associate with, has, no, has a way to rub off of you. And so is being by yourself. It reminds me of uh, working in ministry. Uh, an example is uh, working in media production in ministry or as a sound engineer at a church. You know, you have a tendency when you volunteer at certain churches to spend a lot of time by yourself. You spend time working on the same soundboard with the same microphones in the same room with the same band and the same singers doing the same order of service and you don't get to see or deal with anything outside of what you've normally dealt with and because you can get through a Sunday service you think you are a good sound engineer because you are the best at that church you think you are a good sound engineer and then when a better sound engineer comes around there can be conflict because you have the person that's there every Sunday that thinks they're actually better than they actually are. Uh, one of the things that was most beneficial to my career in audio and video production is we, I worked at a really large church. And when they put on these really large concerts and these really large artists came in, uh, Marvin Sapp brought his own sound engineer. He didn't use the churches. 
uh, Yolanda Adams brought their own sound engineer. William, all engineers, Israel and New Breed, they brought their own sound engineer. And so what would happen is, is you have a visitor working in my house on my board on a concert that I could have handled myself. But the difference and what was beneficial about me as opposed to some of the other media ministry volunteers is when somebody better than me came in, when a visitor came, I didn't fight them. I didn't think I knew more than them. I didn't think I knew better than them. I asked questions. Why did you turn that knob that way? Why did you position this microphone this way? Why did you do this? And they would tell me. And it got to the point that some of them, when they would come to the church for concerts, would say, I don't want anybody next to me in the booth but Johnny. Whereas when I was asking questions, there were plenty of people in the ministry who got offended. They said, I've been doing this for 20 years. You don't tell me what to do. I'm better than you. This is my house. Those people kind of mix like oil and water with the guest visitors. And so because I was able to work with them, because I was able to ask questions, because I ain't try to tell them how long I've been doing things my way and how it should be different or how it should be done and how you don't need to do it different, they went from going, they went from asking me to be with them to asking me to go out on gigs with them. And they went from that to, hey, I got a church that needs coverage on a Sunday. We'll pay you. Can you come by and check it out? And so I went from volunteer to a paid professional because I didn't think more highly of my name than I ought. I didn't think that my name meant something. I realized I had not made a name for myself yet. And I allowed someone who did to show me the way. And that helped me to accomplish my goals in the career by working with them instead of against them. And that's what these disciples did. They went out in pairs and got involved in the community. They went places before Jesus went. They didn't say, no, I'm rolling in with Jesus. I'm rolling in with the entourage. I'm part of the it crowd. No, they went ahead and did the prep work. They went ahead and promoted the gospel. They went ahead and they got involved in the community. I keep saying, and I will continue to keep saying, we cannot be Christians outside of community. It is good, the Bible says, fail not to assemble thyselves. And so I'm not against coming to church. But what we do Monday through Saturday will have just as much as an impact on the kingdom as what I do in here on Sunday. You preach more sermons than what you do from day to day than ever I could. And I like this translation where it says in Luke 10, 9, because it says the kingdom has come near. You know, it's like the phrase that they use in Matthew when they say that the, the NRSV says come near, but some translations will say the kingdom of God is at hand. And I like that in the Greek it uses come near or I like in the NRSV that it uses come near because it's a double meaning when they when Jesus said that the kingdom of God is at hand it's not just coming 
is not just on its way. That word is also used to mean that the kingdom is at arm's reach from us. The people that we use, the people that we meet, the people that we talk to day to day, that's an opportunity to advance the kingdom. Our co-workers is an opportunity to advance the kingdom. Just at the gas station is an opportunity to advance the kingdom. You never know who's watching you. I uh, go to, and, and it, it became clear because I went to, uh, I go to the Walmart around here from time to time, and I was surprised at the number of people in Community of Love Church, our sister church up the road, that said, hey, I've seen you at Walmart a bunch of times. <laughs> Never knew. I'm just going in to get something and get in and out. But that's not. But if I was out there disrespecting my name, if I was out somewhere doing something I was not supposed to do, or being being uh, be acting the way I was not supposed to act, how many people would that have affected for the kingdom? They'd have been like, that's the pastor right there acting like that. And would have turned some way, somebody away from Jesus without even trying hard. But the kingdom is at hand. It's more than just a figure of speech. It is physically within our reach. Our purpose is to worship the Lord God and advance his kingdom. And then it says that Jesus says he saw Satan fall down like a flash of lightning. Let's, uh, let's go to Isaiah chapter 14. It's the 12th verse. And it says in Isaiah 14, starting with the 12th verse, Oh, how you are fallen from heaven, O day star, son of dawn. Some translations see son of the morning or Lucifer, son of the morning. And now you are cut down to the ground. You who laid nations low, you said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven. I will raise my throne above the stars of God and I will sit on the mount of assembly. And the heights of Zaphon. I will ascend to the tops of the cloud and I will make myself like the most high. But you are brought down to Sheol, to the depths of the pit. There are only uh, three angels mentioned in the Bible by name. We have Gabriel the messenger. We have uh, Michael, the warrior. Gabriel, the messenger, he spoke to Daniel in the Old Testament, and then he spoke to Zacharias and Mary to let them know that Jesus and, and John the Baptist were coming. And then you have uh, Michael, the warrior, who fought against the dragon in Revelation. And then you have Lucifer, the worshiper. Some have called him the worship leader. Um, one theologian said, you know, he didn't have to sit at a piano. He was a piano. He didn't have to play instruments. 
he had them all in his voice. Here is our worship leader who thought to himself that I'm going to set my throne above God. Didn't say he was going to take God's throne. Said he was going to set it above God. And before he finished his thought, dropped, fired, demoted, whatever word you want to use. And so we have Gabriel, the messenger. We have Michael, the warrior. But there is a position open in the worship department. There is a position available. There is a, a job to fill. And that is what we do. We worship the living God. We call upon his name. Because there is power in his name. And there is deliverance in his name. There is healing and there is righteousness in his name. I'm reminded of when James and John in, in, in uh, not James, uh, Peter and John in Acts chapter four were going out spreading the gospel and talking about the word. And they were setting the world on fire and they ended up in jail. And the people didn't know what to do with them because they talked about the Jesus who you crucified and who God raised from the dead. And that's who they were using their power to open up blinded eyes and heal the sick and tell the word, tell the people about Jesus. And they told them in Acts when they were in jail don't preach or teach anymore in that name. They didn't say don't preach or teach anymore. They said don't preach or teach anymore in that name because it was power in the name of Jesus. Is deliverance in the name of Jesus. Demons tremble at the name of Jesus. The Bible says in Philippians chapter 2 that every knee shall bow. Those in heaven and those on the earth. And every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Is power in the name. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the beginning and the end. He is the true vine. He is the Messiah, the Lamb of God. If you don't like them names, what about this one? The head of the church. Or what about this? The bishop of souls. Maybe we take it up. The heart fixer. The mind regulator. The doctor in the sick room. The lawyer in the courtroom. The wheel in the middle of a wheel. There is more power in that name. And that's why Jesus said, don't rejoice in that these things are happening. But rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Because it matters not what you do in this life unless you are doing it for the name of Jesus. Only what you do for Christ will last. This is the same name that opened up blinded eyes, that healed the sick, that raised the dead. Jesus. 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 The name of the one who was whooped all night long for my sins. The one who was, who was crucified, buried, and died for my sins. And the one who got up and was seated at the right hand of the Father. Why? Because the Bible says that if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men under me. We are to focus upon the name of Jesus. Because that is the name above all names. In the name of the Father. In the name of the Son. And in the name of the Holy Spirit. The doors of the church are open.